skull fracture, um, some brain bleeding, um, had 32 screws and 16 plates put in. back to another episode of champion school we're both wearing red today kind of cool good hey, luck yeah. shout out to coach lon chip hale willie g down there at u of a and uh, of course dean wellums our man so Let's go. uh i'm ray mack that's bzb uh we're back how are you doing today bz doing good man good day it's a little overcast out here in arizona looking beautiful i love the weather here we're just kind of the calm before the storm i was telling somebody yesterday it's like it's perfect 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 and then once it hits the 90s there's no looking back. <laughs> you yeah. just get thrown into the fire. So we're, we're going to make the most out of these next couple months here in Arizona. That's for sure. Hang on, hang in there, buddy. It, it, <laughs> yeah. can, it can heat up quick. I've, I've seen it. So um, it, that reminds me, I mean, even some early season games over there at ASU, like, like the late February, March games, sometimes we're like, geez, it's cooking. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you never know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, today, great show for you guys today. Uh, Tyler Zombro joining us. Incredible story. The dude, uh, is a pitcher in the Rays organization, uh, is also a full-time uh, coach and, and trainer as well at a, a really cool organization. But uh, his story is super unique. Uh, going to be really good to, to hang around for that one. One you're not going to miss, or not going to want to miss. I hope you don't miss it. Uh, but before we get into that, let's get a little bit of MLU uh, updates, quick Project Sandlot update I'll hit after that, and then we'll get into the good news of the week. Yeah, MLU updates. Things have been going really well. We've had a couple of travel trips here the last couple of weeks. Just got back from a school in the Central Valley, California, which was awesome. Great experience and great kids and just a really cool program to be around. And then now it's kind of local. I think this month of February is more local, hitting a lot of the high schools around here and then a few of the, the junior college or colleges in town. So uh, it's been really good, man. A lot of good positive momentum. We're looking forward to a really good spring and then going in even looking forward to the fall next year. We were just talking about that and just some really cool opportunities that are popping up. So just getting everything organized. Man, I think next step is getting some more people on board. So if you're listening to this and you want to help with social media or camps or anything that you can think of, reach out to us. We are looking for some people to join the team and we would love to have you. Yeah. Uh, Yolo County too. I haven't told you I've been trying to work on it. I got to get with the city hall. going to put together one of those free MLU one day, come in and, and do something for the kids type camp and winners. If I can get that set up, I, I know the, the little league guy out there. So we're going to try and get that set up. I'd like to do two a year, one fall, one spring. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, MLU up, uh, website updates are coming. We are meeting right after this. So we're going to be rebuilding the website once again, uh, really dialed it in. Uh, Project Sandlot also getting a full revamp on that. Uh, and then for you College World Series folks, if you are interested, we are officially locking it in. It is going to be the first Project Sandlot major meetup event at the College World Series first weekend. We're going to have a youth camp where we're going to be putting on for free a couple of days before that. And it's just going to be a really cool time meeting in the center of the country, hopefully get some people out there. And uh, you haven't been you haven't been to the College World Series, just the field, right? TD Ameritrade? Uh, I've been when I was younger. I was like 12 okay. or 13. It you was a long Rose. time ago. It was back was when Cal State Fortune was in it. Yes, it was Rosenblatt. It was. And I, they had the old bats. They still had the old bats. The That's right. 
Oh man, those balls flew. <laughs> I wish we still had those. Come on, man. Put it in their hands. That's right. But uh, college world series it, it, for any sports fan, if you even kind of like baseball, this is like the coolest event of all time. Uh, super excited about and, and going to be something that we're just going to be able to do with the boys and well, not just the boys. We have a lot of females that are joining yep. project Sandlot too. So shout out to my mom who just purchased her first pop. Let's go. Mama um, all right, let's get into the good news of the week. Okay, good news of the week. Uh, Mark Cuban, this is this is the coolest thing ever. Uh, I don't know if we hit on it. Uh, we might have hit on it a couple episodes ago, or maybe it's me thinking about hitting on it. Uh, started up his own business, or one of his many businesses, uh, Cost Plus Drugs. It's an online pharmaceutical company that is taking drugs, typical drugs, uh, and lowering them to like premium, super low costs, which I don't really know how he's doing it. Uh, but I just want to Leukemia is a, a huge thing, obviously, uh, in all sports and, and family atmospheres. Like it happens to everybody, right? Or a lot of people. But that drug to to lower the leukemia is like nine thousand six hundred fifty seven dollars a month, which is wild. You could get it for forty seven dollars a month on this guy's website. So Jeez. like Mark Cuban, who is looked at as like the shark, that's like he's a businessman, savvy, like whatever. Like he does so much for the communities too. And there's like been a lot of positive words and news and people that are like, I mean, you got to take care of family members with that kind of money, you know, and, and you're able to cut it down and make it affordable. It's just so cool to see. Yeah. That's incredible, man. Just being able to, I mean, it's doing what you should be. Pharmaceutical companies are ridiculous. They're just yeah. making trillions of dollars off everybody. It's like, man, let's do things the right way. Right, let's do yep. things the right way and he's doing that i think that's awesome so what a great story man helping a lot of people with that that's incredible 47 bucks from nine thousand dollars that is outrageous that's insane so shout out to you mark cuban number one number two the goat tom tb12 brady uh is <sighs> officially retiring first thoughts Sad. <laughs> yeah. Sad. We saw a legend go, which is awesome. A lot of people have their own opinions on TB12, but I mean, that dude's longevity, he's aged better than anybody in the world. <laughs> he's just ridiculous. But it's about time. I know it's about time that he just goes and steps outside and like spends some time with your kids, dude, and your wife, and don't be around football again. He'll probably end kids, up coaching, though. Does he, have, does he have like nine kids? Like, I don't know. I know for sure. Out. I think two. But who? Maybe he's got more than two. I have no clue. But Freak I know athletes. he looks like he's got probably 20. Who, who knows what he does? He's just yeah, insane athletes, dude. Insane genes in that family. Yeah. Are Not they going to be the next Manning brothers? Like the those kids? Are the, the boys going to grow up to be just the, <laughs> the, the Brady family in the, the NFL? Early call? clip it yeah clip it there they are <laughs> might as well it's the worst thing could happen uh they'll definitely be athletic that's for sure and they're for sure going to be hard working so uh, i can't even imagine the discipline in that house but i guess the question is are they going to be athletic because tom brady draft 199 third or fourth on the depth chart when he got to michigan like the i mean the pictures of his body at the draft was like i mean how's this guy you know, this elite right now, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks ever. Let me rattle off some stats for you guys that are stat nerds, 624 career touchdowns, eight, 84,520 yards, a 97.6 QBR all time, 243 wins in 316 starts. That's ridiculous. Uh, and 35 out of the 47 playoff games he participated in, he won. So 
uh, 15 Pro Bowls, five Super Bowl MVP, three NFL MVP draft pick number 199. Bet on yourself, son. That's, that's what I got. He's for the you. goat, dude. You can't argue yep. it. Like, you can't even say anybody's remotely close to what this dude's done. No. He's just next level longevity. The fact that he had one of his best years at 44, and yeah. he easily could have played next year. He could have probably played three more years. And this dude, I mean, I just remember watching Peyton Manning go from like elite to this guy can't even get it 15 yards down the field. His shoulders hurt and can't even get his arm up. Like Big Ben, same thing this year. He's always been getting hit, but like all these guys who just kind of teeter off and this dude just kept getting better, man. And then yeah. he leaves teams and then goes and wins a championship at a different team with different players, with different personnel, with different coaches. You can come on. He's the best. Yeah. Ever. That's the thing too, right? Like you send him to another team and that's like the ultimate test late in a yeah. dude's career, like on a team that's like, so, so can he do it? And he does it. I mean, I think, I think, I don't know if he, if he loses that game and they finish up the way they did this year, maybe he goes another year, who knows? Uh, but I think locking in that Super Bowl was like a career locked, you know? Yeah. So. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll bang it at six. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, all right, it's a cool little story coming up for you in uh, Chew on This, presented by Grimes. Hmm. All right, Chew on This, cool. Uh, I almost put it into our Good News of the Week, but I decided to change it. Monarch butter butterflies, the orange and black large butterflies. Um, 2000 last year was the estimate for how many they counted migrating which is like none right like this year 250,000 was the what? count so like good news right cool cool to hear but uh they make this uh migration right they they have to stay in warm weather uh and so they start in mexico and as the seasons change they begin to make their way up in like june up to here right and in canada whatever but here's some stats i wanted to, to you to wrap your head around and then you can you can put this into MLU terms. Uh, monarch butterflies fly up to 80 miles a day. Okay, that is 1,689,000 times their body length. That'd be <laughs> like us running 1,920 miles today. Okay, so push it. Number two, monarch butterflies lay up to 500 eggs in a year or in a lifetime, excuse me, one at a time. They just put one down, bang. Only five of those make it to be adults out of the 500. Put those back into terms of athletes, uh, if you can, for us. I'm putting you on the spot. I know you didn't prepare for this, but um, right. in, back, in athlete terms for uh, our listeners. Yeah, plant the seed, water it, watch it grow, man. And not all good seeds are going to come to fruition, too. So it's like, yeah. if you think about that, it's five out of 500, and it's like hitting, same thing, 30 out of 100 is really, really, really good. And so for you, it's like, hey, you keep chipping away. Like, adversity is going to hit. You're going to fail. Some things you're going to have to fall off. There's going to be some things that don't ever make it to fruition that you wish they did, but you learn from it, you grow from it. And the ones that do make it are the ones that matter. So I think it's just finding the good in the good perspective instead of seeing the negative and the, the wrong perspective, right? optimistic or pessimistic is, is pretty important so watching that is, is pretty cool it's a great story right seeing the butterflies flock that many many miles that they're like flying to is insane but think about the journey that they've traveled right it's a long game not a short game so for them they travel that long 80 miles a day which is so much for such a small little butterfly i can't even imagine that i see like flying around like you got 80 miles in you today like that's a yeah. good gas tank but the fact that they just keep moving forward and keep going, even when they plant the eggs and they know most aren't going to make it, they keep working and they keep putting it down. So same thing, I guess, keep chipping away, keep chopping wood, keep rolling. 
Yeah. And you just never know which one it's going to be, right? Like you're laying all these eggs. You just never know. And Brock Ungrich used to talk about, you You said 30 hits out of, out of a hundred is really good. And most of those, well, I won't say most of those, but a portion of those are shimps, right? Like bleeders, yep. seeing eye yep. singles, you know, and you need them to make that 300. Um, Brock used to talk about uh, Wade Boggs, Hall of Famer. Uh, he used to take notes after every one of his at-bats, very similar to um, some of our recent guests, right? So he's writing down uh, how well he did. Did he flush that ball? And out of 500 at-bats, 500, only 30 of them, did he feel like he was actually like fully timed up and squared it up? And that's a Hall of Fame dude. So, wow. you know, as, as a young player, stick with your guns, dude. Keep going out there. Keep showing up. Something that we've said for the last two years, just keep showing up and, and good things will happen. So speaking of showing up, Tyler Zombro, our guest today, um, extremely interesting story. Hard to hear almost. Uh, I still haven't had the, the heart to watch the video. Uh, the dude was hit by a line drive um, this last year, I think. Uh, and he's had a, a long road to recovery, but he is uh, an incredible guest, a story you're going to want to hear. Uh, without further ado, Tyler Zombro. Welcome back to another Champion School episode. My name's Austin Byler. We got Ray Mack down there, and then we have a very special guest, Tyler Zombro, uh, pitcher for the Rays organization, was, was most recently at the Durham Bulls. You may have seen some cool social media stuff with the Bulls. They got a lot of good stuff going on there. Um, but Tyler, we're excited to have you on here. Um, I had no idea all the stuff that you were actually doing outside of being a professional athlete, um, so I want you to explain that here in a second. But uh, how are you doing today, Tyler? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, man. We're stoked to, to get to know you and to have you on here for our audience too, man. So uh, thanks for taking the time out of your day. I know you guys are busy, um, but dive into that a little bit. I want you to dive right into your story, man. I, I think we just get right to the meat of it. Um, you went through some, some big time adversity last year, uh, probably something that scared you, right? I would assume uh, running into the face is something that was just so unknown. Walk us through that experience and I'm not going to give it away, right? I, I want them, I want you to share in your terms, but uh, walk us through that experience last year on some of the things that happened there on the field and just how you kind of dealt with some of that adversity moving forward. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there, it's been a whirlwind to even get to that 2021 season. you know, uh, obviously with the pandemic, no 2020 season, I wasn't involved in the alternate site in 20 either. So didn't really have any, any taste of competition and, and on field that camaraderie with teammates, just, you know, the whole environmental aspect. So uh, getting to 2021 was definitely eager to get back out there, be with teammates, uh, you know, on field, off field, just everything that we missed out on. Uh, so getting into 21, you know, thankful to break in AAA with the Rays. Um, obviously, a phenomenal roster, phenomenal farm system, uh, and just as good as they are on the field. The guys are even higher character in the clubhouse. Going through that season so far, good first month. Uh, obviously, in June, uh, I encountered a, a scary incident, and you know, I I actually have no recollection of it. Um, I have no memory for about five days with that. Uh, but long story short. Obviously, line drive, um, skull fracture, um, some brain bleeding, um, had 32 screws and 16 plates put in. Uh, of course, they had to uh, get, get the bleeding off of the brain. Uh, so had you know, whatever drain that was in there to kind of take care of that. 
And obviously the, the recovery process is not, not what you think of with general rehab coming back from that, but, you know, certainly has taught me a lot, taught me a lot about patients, taught me a lot about myself, my wife, you know, kind of how to take a step back from the game itself, really value what's important. And, and honestly, just really learning to take things day by day. Oof, that's so huge. And I can't even imagine the perspective shift that happens in a moment like that, um, where, I mean, like you said, no recollection, that's just, just wild to me. Um, you talked about a little bit about that perspective too, and saying, Hey, it's okay to take a step away from the game. And for me playing a lot for Ray Mack, he's been coaching uh, baseball for a long time too, and I kind of stepped away both of us in, in those realms recently. And uh, I think a lot of our identity gets found in the game as athletes and coaches. Um, can you just hit on that piece a little bit about how important it is for whether it's an athlete or a coach to be able to separate themselves from that game, whether it's baseball, football, whatever sport you might play? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, for me, it's it's been multidimensional because like I shared with you before we hopped on here, um, I've been working in baseball for the past six to seven years as well. So being non-drafted, having the pre-med, pre-PT background, it was, do I go to PT school? Do I coach? Do I work in a private facility? I opted to work at a private facility. Uh, the Rays signed me as a free agent about a month after uh, the draft had passed. And I've continued to have a full-time working obligation, including in season. Uh, I worked at a company in DC, R&D Baseball, for six years. Uh, and then last November, I took a job with Tread Athletics, who is the largest baseball training company in the world. Um, have over a thousand athletes, 20 plus coaches, uh, a lot going on here. And as you can kind of imagine here, growing out different data departments, uh, relationships with agents, organizations, obviously training the athletes that I coach, you know, not only was I training for myself to play, but I'm also thinking about baseball literally 24 seven, you know, I have my personal phone and my work phone and they're both being blown up with baseball related content 20, 24 seven. Um, and with, you know, with that injury, uh, it provided a context for me of like, you know, truthfully, how much time am I spending on that? And, you know, reality is it's a lot and we love it and that's why we do it. But at the same point in time, you know, how I guess serious, quote unquote serious, I would be with training where it's like, I can't miss this day. I can't miss this exercise. I have to do this. I have to do that. And, you know, kind of like that process routine oriented driven off season, um, you know, that was so ingrained in me that I didn't provide flexibility to myself. And I think with this injury and kind of how the rehab is not necessarily linear, it's not like a muscle where, you know, you're in a hypertrophy phase, you're going to get bigger, you're going to get stronger. Um, it, it looks different. And I think, you know, what I've learned is oftentimes like the, the more control we seek over something, you know, the less control we have. And I've kind of found that here in my journey back to, you know, hoping to play again here is if I, if I'm actually a little more relaxed about it and I don't seek, you know, this control life just seems to be a little easier. And I'm realizing the importance of quality time with the wife at home and, and being able to separate those distinctions of who I am. Uh, you had mentioned your, I think her name's Mariah. Is that right? Your wife? That's correct. She, uh, so she played a huge, she had to have played a huge role in your recovery. Um, what was she, what did she mean to you in, in that whole recovery phase? And like, what was she doing to help you? Cause I mean, 
I, I, with that many plates, I mean, you're, you're full reset trying to build back. So what was that like with her? Yeah. You know, I think, uh, well, she is a nurse herself. So oh, thankfully I, go. Go. I was, I, in, I was in good hands, uh, and especially early on. Um, so I, I did suffer a seizure as well, which there for a while, uh, like our biggest concern was a repeat seizure occurring. Mm -hmm. um, I know in the hospital, I was checked for a stroke at one point. Um, and so she was really keeping close tabs on all those factors. Um, you know, little things like, like cleaning out my incision line. So, you know, it, it does wrap pretty far around my head. So I've, obviously if you have an infection in that area, it's, it's not good at all. Um, but for her, you know, it was, it was really good in terms of, um, I think being able to comfort me and, and walk me through the day by day approach. Um, I mean, heck man, you go from pitching on a triple A mound to like, now I'm walking into the, you know, the TBI recovery center for occupational therapy. I'm around a lot of older, older patients who have had, you know, whatever issue that's come their way, pretty, pretty demoralizing. Um, and, and again, it makes you appreciate what you have. Um, and really for her, she was always, you know, optimistic about it. It's going to get better. Um, and just being able to provide motivation for me day by day. Uh, and I think she, she sees the bigger picture of who I am. So she knows that that rehab is important, not only for me possibly getting back on the field, but my ability to impact lives in other areas too. And she, she's always very reassuring uh, in all of those areas. Like what was the point where you were working back and you go, all right, I can do this again. Like I'll be back. I would say probably at about two and a half months, um, I had started getting into a little more PT related stuff. Um, so, you know, I had speech therapy, I had occupational therapy and the initial PT kick. Uh, after about two months, um, I had tested out of speech and occupational and uh, they transferred me to uh, a PT in Durham. Her name is uh, Karen Martinez, and she actually specializes in TBI related injuries. So little things like eye tracking, uh, you know, spatial awareness, pattern recognition, reaction times, impulse, things like that, that, you know, you don't really think about when you're playing sports. But uh, when I started to do a lot of those, you know, reacting, catching different objects, started to do a little bit of like body weight activity, you know, then I was like, all right, well, I have, you know, four or five months here. Like, I think, I think I can still get myself to be in a, in a pretty good spot. Dude, just such a crazy story. I'll go ahead, bye. I'll kick it off to you. Yeah, the, the story is amazing. And I love how we can use our own personal experiences for the uh, for other people, right? To help others get through different experiences. Um, and I, that's where I want to kind of circle back, man. And talking to you before this, just getting to know you for five minutes, right? And hearing the, the grind of the minor leagues. Most people they hear about it, but they don't ever experience it. Right. Cause it's one in a million to get there. And um, you hear that people work jobs. You hear that people have different things, unless you're one of the bonus babies, you get a little extra cheddar. Then uh, you kind of got to work for some things. Right. I remember my first job was orange theory fitness. I'm out here coaching up anywhere from like a, a 12 year old kid trying to get in shape. Cause his mom made him to the 75 year old man who's still chucking up the high stairs. I'm like, you guys are killing it. So um, definitely relate to that. But you, you mentioned free agent sign. Right. And you're in triple A, like borderline big leagues. Um, what What is your advice to somebody out there who feels like they've been overlooked? Maybe they've been doubted. Maybe the college athlete right now who 
knows that they have the stuff or have the talent to get there, but maybe haven't been given the opportunity, haven't gotten the right eyeballs on them, maybe just haven't um, fully come into their own yet. Um, but they know that there's that vision, there's that dream, there's that goal, and it's right there. They know they can achieve it. They just haven't done it yet. Um, what is maybe your advice to one of those guys in that position? I would say, you know, the biggest thing is, is running your own race to, to be the best version of yourself. And I know that's something that I was caught up in multiple times uh, through college. I, you know, I had a great career at George Mason, uh, but there were definitely times where I'm a, I'm a sinker baller, you know, maybe I'm trying to throw more four seams to flash a number on the gun. Um, you know, like that stress of, am I impressing this scout today? Uh, things that are really out of your control. And I think, you know, some of my, I, I guess, worst mental moments uh, in terms of how I viewed the game was a lot of comparative nature in myself to guys who were getting opportunities when I was not. Um, I'll never forget, you know, junior and senior year draft days. You watch all those names go by on the ticker and you're saying, I'm better than that guy. I'm better than that guy. I'm better yeah. than that guy. Um, and you say, and, and this happens in pro ball too, when guys get promoted or guys go to the big leagues and maybe somebody gets traded and now they're in the big leagues. I mean, you don't have to look far in the race system to see that <laughs> anybody who gets out of there at a high level is going to be in the big leagues, you know? And, yeah. um, but that, that comparative nature and negative context to say, why is that not me? Why am I not getting to this level? I think it just deters a lot of your own process of what you're trying to do yourself. Um, and so I would say, you know, not getting that comparative mindset, but continuing to run your race that, that at some point, you know, those, those stars will align how they need to. So good. Um, and it's really good because I, I asked that question because that question has been prompted a lot, right? Especially with some of the college guys we work with. I'm sure you get it there at your facility um, at Tread there in Charlotte. And um, we, we get it all the time where it's like, well, how do I get there? Like I'm at an NAIA. I, I don't have the bright lights of a big D1 or I don't play in the SEC. I, I, how do I be, how can I be seen? And people put so much pressure on themselves and I'm the same exact boat. You watch the draft tracker, like that guy sucks. Like he's not very good. I hit a Homer off of you. I did this. All right. You start comparing yourself to everybody else instead of knowing, like you just said, run your race, stay in your lane, trust yourself, work on yourself, get, keep improving, right. Keep chasing development. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, you know, for me, as far as, you know, the ability to create a connection to sign a contract somewhere that comes back so heavily to relationships and just, how you've carried yourself so far. Um, for instance, with me, when I signed with the Rays, uh, one of my teammates at George Mason, Ryan Ritchie, his dad, Chuck Ritchie, is a national cross checker. Uh, the area guy, Lou Weaven, who had covered, we'd spoken a few times on the phone. And when I was prompted the question if I wanted to sign or not, it was to go to Florida to the GCL to fill innings. It wasn't a glamorous opportunity by any means, but I think because of my character, and how our conversations had went. He's like, okay, I know this guy will sign. He'll go down there. He'll do what we need to do. Again, it's not glamorous, but he'll step in with where we need. So that, that just relationship and general conversations that we had had probably led a lot to that opportunity. Go ahead, Ray. There's just, yeah, there's just so many bridges that young kids coming up to, like they so quickly want to throw it back in the coach's face. And it's the coach's fault a lot of the time when like that guy might help you get a job further down the line, you know? And I think I read an article that said even the owner for the race had some GMU ties or something potentially. I don't, I don't know if that was 
falsified well, or not. <laughs> that's a uh, no. That's that's Kansas City. Um, okay. <laughs> which which you're you're opening up another can of worms with frustration. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. When the, uh, when the G the GM the farm director uh, the scouting director national supervisor uh, all the guys are George Mason alumni and and I. I didn't have much traction there. So. <laughs> They're looking down that GMU roster going, man. Yeah, geez. Yeah. So with with Tread then, what what are you doing at Tread? So I know you're, you have a great baseball mind and you're teaching a lot of pitchers how to develop, obviously, while you're doing it too. But what is your primary role at Tread? And do you guys get into the mental side as well with your teaching or are you more of like a, a video analysis type individual? Yeah, so I my technical role is a performance coordinator. Um, so what that means here is I actually oversee um, about half of our coaching staff. Um, so providing them educational resources, whatever mentorship I need to provide there, uh, kind of guiding them through. We're a young company. Uh, for me to be working in the private sector for seven years is actually kind of getting to be a long time. Yeah. Um, but it's doing that. I also oversee the data department. So taking TrackMan CSVs, running analysis for guys, comp models, uh, providing that information to agents if we need, of course, trying to help our professional free agents sign contracts. And then I train my own batch of about 50 to 60 athletes as well, uh, with majority of them being at higher level. So my my specialty is, is really working with data and then back chaining that to the biomechanical side, how those things affect each other. So that's, those are my main responsibilities here. Dude, and are they sending you video or are they coming in and working with you? What, what's more often happening? So I, I personally have um, a decent number of guys in person. Tread is a remote based company though. So 98% of our guys are remote. Uh, for me, that's about 80 70 to 80 percent are remote and so they will send in video they'll send in their data and then obviously you're adjusting their training plans giving them feedback on the numbers and then of course if they are free agents trying to also help them out with that dude i don't know how you have time for anything you know <laughs> you got so much going on it's incredible go ahead bye you're looking at data and I'm just going through some of our video stuff that we, in the very beginning, we had this similar thing in, in ironically, it's crazy how a business evolves in one of our, one of our terms, which I, I look back now and laugh, but it was the slump doctor. And it's like, Hey, sign up for the slump doctor program. And we'll, we'll take your video. We'll do this. And just going through the video and, and analyzing and trying to correct and then give good feedback, right. And give different things. So powerful can help a lot of athletes um, for you though, remotely, right. How, how do you build that relationship? with some of those athletes because because you know as well as I do I'm sure that that relationship piece is important <clears throat> when you build that trust with your instructor or whoever you're working with coach wise it, it really just empowers you to go out there and believe in yourself I think that's a big thing um, so how do you kind of build some of those relationships whether it's in person whether it's remote in this type of field that you're doing right now when you're not physically playing yeah I think uh, for me it is it is really seeing are they more of an internal focus individual or external focus. So are they more cerebral, internal, mechanical, feely type, or are they externally driven with, you know, focusing on, on an outside task and, and just kind of letting the body self-organize and get that accomplished. And generally with those mindsets, you, you have a good idea of how to relate to the guy. Um, if it is somebody who needs feely things, you can do them different mechanical field drills, something that makes them, be you know aware proprioceptively of what's going on for the external focus guys it's like 
I'm going to put you in this constraint or position. And like, this is where you're going to throw the ball. And, you know, that's kind of that. So uh, you're able to simplify for those guys a lot. Um, but I think it's, it's figuring out where they're at on that side of things with how they approach playing the game and how they address their training. And then I think, you know, from the relationship buy-in standpoint, and I, I particularly find this with overseeing coaches and creating relationships with them and helping them grow is I just, I try to provide as much vulnerability and transparency as I possibly can. Um, I never, I've never been a fan of, you know, the, the positional leadership, authoritarian, you know, authoritarian type leadership. Uh, I prefer the servant method of like, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'll tell you what I'm going through. I'll tell you what I'm trying to do just as I'm trying to help you too. So I think, you know, doing that has been great. I think, again, just, just putting yourself out there and open and and transparent with how you see things or how things are going for yourself. Uh, You know, it, it creates that comfort level where, then we can, we can have that conversation appropriately. What a great clip too, for any coach out there hearing that of, I don't need to be positional just because I'm the head coach or the hitting coach doesn't mean I have to demean you, right? I'm going to be vulnerable, share some of the things I went through and help equip you on your journey as us together. Something that I'm a big fan of is you're not working for me. We're working with each other, you know? And so at Tread, you guys have 20 plus employees, uh, people doing, I'm sure all sorts of different things there. Right? You got a lot going on, but you guys are all working together for the common good of the athlete. That's why you guys have had so much success, which is really cool to hear. Um, Ray Mac, I'll kick it off to you for the last couple. Yeah. Wh- what are some goals for you this year and in, in the next five years? What's, what is, you know, life goals for you? Well, as, as far as it pertains to sport, uh, getting cleared to, to play again, you know, is kind of number one. Uh, I've had, follow up with my neurologist and I think um, things are trending to where I, I could be cleared again I know I have to meet with uh, Major League Baseball's doctor as well to solidify that so you know just getting in position to do that uh, and just seeing where that can take me you know I think like something uh, that's happened frequently since the injury was all, all my teammates are familiar with what I do outside of the game um, and everybody will say, you know, if it's you're working at Tread, you're running a front office, it's you're going to you're going to have positive impact on the game for a long time. And quote unquote, risking playing again, you know, is not great. But at the same time, like I've only I've only got one life on on this earth. And it's like, do I want to really abandon that ship or do I want to give it its proper action? So, you know, I think that's my main goal is how can I get back on the field and then really as far as where I see myself progressing, it's, it's how can we continue to build tread to impact as many players lives as possible. Uh, and that's on a broad scale, getting into different colleges, you know, having all these pro free agents, just the impact that you can have on their lives is, is so incredible from the physical side and the mental side, just life skill side. Um, and so I think, continuing to grow our capacity there so we can impact more lives. We're going to have to link up with you guys and do some yeah. kind of event out that way. I think it'd be awesome. Um, for you, have you gotten back to throwing yet? I have. I have. Um, How's that? I, <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> it's been, uh, it's been something. It's like, yeah. I told, I told a lot of the guys, cause I wasn't really cleared to do any activity June, July, August um, I started tossing with our trainer in Durham like some point in uh, September 
uh, it felt like I had shoulder surgery more than I had <laughs> uh, brain no. surgery, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's been, it's been a long ramp up and, uh, of course with head pressure and not being able to strain myself too much, I was held off from lifting. I couldn't lift heavy at all. Uh, and then throwing wise, I couldn't do anything super heavy intent. Uh, but you know, I'm getting, I'm getting back to a position of basically where I was throwing wise. So, good. you know, that feels good. It's just been, you know, you gotta be patient. Uh, it's like, you know, it's, it's tough. I always forget like, well, I guess I didn't lift for, you know, five months or whatever it was. So, um, it's been, it's been hard. And, you know, there are definitely a lot of days where it's like, well, if I can't do anything, I, I just don't, you know, I don't want to do it at all, but you know, just day by day, seeing where we can get it. Um, you know, with the lockout here, I might even have more time to get ready than, yeah. than maybe I intended. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's going good. We're getting there. Good. Good, man. Do you post any of your throwing online ever? Any videos of you getting workouts or anything? You're just grinding, huh? I don't, I don't post myself. I only post my athletes. I only, nice. I only endorse, I only endorse my athletes and those guys that I have relationships with. I don't, I don't generally endorse myself. So, well, that's a sign of a good coach, you know, yeah. so <laughs> go ahead. Bye. We're going to wrap this thing up. Yeah, I think the last thing for me, Tyler, is, uh, and this has been awesome, man, just so humble, so like just unbelievable leadership. I think the, the last thing for me is what what is something that you're most proud of? You, you've played at George Mason. You've gone from a free agent sign to AAA, which you're right there on the verge of the big leagues. You, you've worked through the whole experience. You're helping so many athletes. Um, you've pre-med, right? There's a lot of really cool stuff in your life that you've accomplished at a young age. What are you most proud of, and, and what are some of the things that you're like, man, I I really looking back, I've done a really good job with X, Y, or Z. Yeah. I think uh, as far as like on the field accolades or in the classroom accolades, none of those really stick out. Like nobody cares. I graduated first in my class at George Mason and nobody cares if I have the innings record at George Mason. But, you know, I think more than anything, uh, if I were to pick something I'd be proud of, it's uh, really, it would probably come back to my wife and I um, with a lot of resiliency around, you know, I, I leave for rookie ball and she's doing nursing back in Virginia and then we get engaged. I'm in Bowling Green. We're engaged. I'm in Montgomery. She's still in Virginia working. We relocate to Charlotte. Uh, she leaves her job there. Now she's doing travel nursing. Uh, she comes with me to Durham. And, you know, now it's like, thank God, this is our first season living together. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, just a lot of, uh, I guess adversity that we've had with so many moving pieces. It's not a normal lifestyle by any means, but I think I would be most proud of, of doing everything in, in my power. And I know she does it as well and her power to, to make our life uh, kind of as best as it can be. Uh, so optimizing that, you know, is, is just so much more important than anything else because that ultimately like that backbone provides the ability for me to, be training to be a professional athlete, to go play, to work full-time at tread. If, if we didn't have that backbone support system, none of it would work. So I would say like, that's, that's what I'm probably most passionate about and proud of is us being able to take care of each other. Um, if, if it was about playing, I would say uh, I'm most proud of my ability to, to keep perspective. Um, mm. I think, you know, after I signed, one thing that I, I really love about professional baseball is the Latin culture, um, seeing where those guys come from, what they've been through. And, you know, I'm sitting here angry after the draft saying, why, why am I not drafted? 
why did I not get a signing bonus? I'm better than these people. And then you go to pro ball and you're stressed about, am I doing well enough? Am I going to get released? Especially as a free agent, like, you know, <laughs> especially the first couple of years, you're on the chopping block every day. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, well, you know, I'm really stressing over this, but like, look, like, look at what these guys are going through. Like it literally is make or break for them, you know? And so keeping, keeping those things in perspective and genuinely enjoying the, the teammates and the relationships that you can build there. And just like here at Tread, same thing, you know, guys are going to get better. Unfortunately, can't make every guy exponentially better, but like that, that relationship that you form uh, carries much more weight than, you know, anything you could really do on a field. Absolutely amazing. Um, and, and we'd love to hear that, man. And just the impact you're having, not only in the clubhouse there uh, within the organization, but also at Tread has been awesome to see. So uh, we definitely appreciate you, Tyler. Thank you for your time. This is going to be so impactful for so many people. And I'm clipping that college one there about the draft to send some <laughs> of our college dudes, man, because they need to hear that ASAP, man. I know they're stressing right now with the season coming up. So uh, we definitely appreciate your time, man. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. All right. Welcome back. Uh, Tyler Zombro. What a guest. What a dude. Um, I'll give you my take, but let's hear your take. Uh, no, I think it's an incredible story and in how he's used his story to keep working. He's going back out there to play this year, which is really encouraging. He didn't allow that to kind of put him out, which I know in, in his story, he said it did a little bit like it kind of affected him. But then he got the courage to go back out there. He got cleared uh, physically and health wise. And now he's out there throwing again and doing his thing. So that's just really encouraging. But the best part about it is he's been working full time jobs this whole time through professional baseball. Like this guy's been been pouring into people, pouring into athletes. He does it through a great, uh, not only concept, but just pillars and foundation. And then he's got guys sending him videos and just being a really good dude. I think a lot of people in those situations ignore that and they get very selfish. But in my opinion, doing what he's doing helps him stay more present and stay more focused and have more fun out there. So uh, it's really cool to see that. He's got a bright future off the field. He's doing great things out there uh, on these coasts. And then for him just to continue to grow and go out there and hopefully attack it this year in spring training and get an opportunity is going to be awesome for him. So great guest, man. Awesome guy. Yeah, I humbly graduated top of his class. He yeah. humbly works with like 80 other pitchers while he's rehabbing and getting back into the full-time pitching, you know, and my favorite line from the whole interview came late uh, was you asked him what his most proud moment was and out of all of his crazy accomplishments. And he said it wasn't any of that. It was this time in the last year, well, three or four years with his wife, right, where they've already been tested so many times with moves and I mean, professional baseball itself is hard enough. I'm sure to keep a relationship, let alone like a, an upcoming marriage and a blossoming marriage. But then the injury hits, she's already a nurse and like asked, they're working through the recovery. Like there's so many times where she could have just said, screw it. Or he could have said, Hey, this is too much. Like, you know, whatever, or, or get frustrated or mad, but them staying through it together, like he was, that was his most proud moment. So, so cool to see what a great story. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us and, and we wish you the best for pulling for you for sure. So um, that's going to do it for us today. Great episode. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Sorry for botching your, your little intro there. We'll cut that out, but uh, uh, that's going to do it. Uh, if you guys would like to sort, support Major League University, again, we're kind of redoing the website, but we have some upcoming events. Make sure you check those out. If you want to get into uh, more one-on-one -on -one mindset training with my guy, BZB, or some of our other amazing coaches that we have coming on board, uh, reach out to us via email. Uh, where could they hit you up on email for that? 
Yeah, you can reach out info at majorleagueuniversity.com. And that's for intern, for any people performance training, for anything that, that you might think of. So camp-wise, any camp re reach outs or just anything in general, right? You can reach out to info at majorleagueuniversity.com for all information and we'll get you the right, uh, put you in the right place. Perfect. ProjectSandlotMint.com. If you haven't minted a pod, make sure you support it. We're up to like $23,000, $24,000 raised for U-Sports so far. Packing that $70,000 into one fund that we're going to be using for youth athletes all over the country. We're already partnering. So very excited. I hope you guys have a blessed week. It's going to do it for us. Okay.